Super Talk Mississippi media production. Let's continue the opponent preview series, and we start with the first week of, uh, I guess it's the first week of November, and we talk about the Texas A&M Aggies. Joining me today, Jeff Tarpley from Gig'em 24-7 over there on the 24-7 uh, family of networks. For A&M, when, when I've talked about them this year, I sort of feel like this is the year before the year. Like, next year, I think, is going to be the year where Jimbo Fisher really gets Texas A&M to take off. This year, just with the schedule, it's so tough with the playing, you know, Clemson, Georgia, and Alabama. Is that a fair assessment that you think that A&M, you know, could be another 8-4, and four, maybe a 9-3 and three kind of year, but next year is the year where they, they're going to take off? I think the two big things are, one, the schedule, as you already mentioned, but two, also A&M suffered a number of significant losses from that 2018 team. Guys like Jay Sternberger, Travion Williams, Kingsley, Kiki, uh, the two linebackers, Tyrell Dodson and the Terrell Alaka. They're not necessarily rebuilding this year, but they're reloading. And what everybody's going to really be wanting to see is that 2020 team because they lose so few people from this season. Uh, they're going to lose Justin Matabuki probably to the NFL draft, but that should be about it. I mean, in terms of significance, unless, say, Kellen Mond, the quarterback, has a great year, uh, declares early for the NFL draft, this is a team that's going to be really, really loaded for 2020 and should have a much, much better schedule. When you mentioned Kellen Mond. I don't know that any quarterback in the conference last season took a bigger step forward uh, than, than he did. I thought he was I, – I liked him. I thought he was a really good player. Uh, he showed you a lot that, that, that makes you think you can build around him. Can he take another step forward like that in his junior season? Well, what he's got to do is fix his accuracy issues. Uh, he was a 50%, 57% passer last year. He needs to push it above 60%. And he can do that just by being more consistent in his footwork and delivery. Uh, He's got the decision-making part of the job down. He runs the offense very, very well. He checks a lot of boxes that Jimbo Fisher wants to check in in his quarterback. Uh, He's a leader. People respond to him. When the chips are down, you saw against Clemson and LSU, when he led those either game-time or potentially game-time drives, and he's a guy that doesn't the moment, so to speak. So, really, all he needs to do is, is kick his accuracy up about three to five percentage points, and you're looking at a guy who, you know, is going to be a 3,500 yard passer. Maybe if everything goes right, depending on how the running game goes, maybe a 4,000 yard total offense type quarterback. You mentioned uh, the offense. You mentioned Travion Williams, obviously gone. He's been such a big part of Texas A&M's offense the past couple of seasons. Who steps up to replace him? Who are some of the playmakers that we'll see for the Aggies this year? Jason Cor- Corbin was the primary backup last year, and he delivered you know about five carries a game. He'd catch the football. His blocking got better as the year went on. So he's probably going to be the 1A back in this attack this year. One B back really depends on the health of Vernon Jackson, who's a 230-pound, he's just typical big back. Uh, he ran over people in the spring. He was very, very impressive, improved in terms of his pass pro, catching the football. Yeah, he injured his neck during spring practice near the, near the time of the spring game, and now his future is in question. But A&M does have other guys behind him. Cordarian Richardson, who's another big back. He's 5'11", 240 pounds, relatively wide on his feet. 
he could be the big back uh, complement to Corbin. So A&M has answers to those questions. They just aren't sure yet outside of Corbin probably what those answers are going to be. Last season defensively, A&M was sort of a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde kind of situation. Really good against the run, not really good against the pass. Will they be better in the secondary this season? They should be. They, they've got some guys back who can really, really help. But Debbie on Renfro wasn't a shutdown corner last year, but he was a guy that everybody tended to avoid most of the time. Leon O'Neill really stepped up in the bowl game along with Derek Tucker at safety, and that was, you know, that position was an issue for A&M part of the time last season. They've got to get that cornerback spot opposite Renfro solved. Charles Oliver really struggled there last year. Miles Jones is a returnee who started the bowl game, missed the spring with an injury, should be back, should be in pretty good form. Junior college transfer Elijah Blades is a 4-4 type of guy who really plays the ball in the air well. That was an issue for A&M last year. If he can, if they can get him going, if they can get him into the starting lineup, uh, I think you're going to see a vastly improved secondary, at least in the corners, which will enable Mike Elko to play probably more man coverage than they did down the stretch and help out that run defense, which lost quite a few guys up front. When you look at this this series, the past few years, states won three of the last. I'm sorry, states won three in a row against Texas A&M, and four of the last five since Johnny Menzel left uh, in 2013. What is it about Mississippi State that has troubled Texas A&M? Why are the Bulldogs seemingly built to beat the Aggies these past few years? Well, first of all, Mississippi State they always have a very underrated amount of athletes in the program. You know, you saw last year where they had all the NFL draft choices, but this is a team that always has a lot of size, pretty good amount of speed. Dan Mullen ha- made them into a very, very physical program, and that's something that the Aggies were not under Kevin Sumlin. Now, Jimbo Fisher started to rectify that last year. You saw that in the four-game winning streak down the stretch. Still going to take, you know, they're still not all the way there yet, but I think A&M has closed the gap from a physicality standpoint. It will be interesting to see as the recruiting gets better how they're going to do from a talent standpoint, uh, especially by 2020 when they have to go to Starkville. They struggled in Starkville, and next time around, you're going to be seeing a much bigger A&M team, a much more physical, much more talented A&M team in Starkville than what you saw in 2018. We'll see what happens uh, in 2019 when uh, the Bulldogs travel to College Station uh, in the first week of November. Jeff Tarpley, if you want to follow him on Twitter, he's at 247TARP if you want to keep up with the Aggies this year. And, of course, doing a lot of great work over there at Gigum 24-7. Man, thanks for joining me. We appreciate it. No problem. Thanks, brother. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.